Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast. I'm your host, AJ, with Jay and Brandon again here on this Friday night. We're all looking forward to the weekend. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I got my Super Bowl champion t-shirt on. <laughs> I'm doing well. Just drinking a beer here. Well, well, I got my Lamar Jackson t-shirt on. All right. So um, tonight, or better yet, with today's podcast, we're going to continue the trend with our top five at the given position. And look, we're going to be looking at the AFC North today for the division winner and the standings, as well as looking at the rookie running back, who's the best, who has the better career longevity, who's in the best place, similar to what we did for the, the quarterback last week. So to start off the pod today, we're going to look at who is the best quarterback. So go ahead, Brandon, take it away. Who is your best quarterback in the league today? Okay, first of all, I just want to say last week didn't really have a top five running back. Sorry, everybody, you can give me flack for that. But today, I'll be much better prepared. I just got a little confused of what we were doing. But here's my top five quarterbacks. I got Patrick Mahomes, number one. Russell Wilson, number two. Aaron Rodgers, number three. Lamar Jackson, number four. And Tom Brady, number five. Hmm. Okay. I Tom Brady's at number five for me just because he's Tom Brady. He's got longevity. He's on a new team. I feel like all the, you know, hype is back. With I'm on a Buccaneers train just full steam. So I mean, I know last year, <laughs> I know last year we heard it with the Browns and everything, but this year I'm just I'm all full steam with the Buccaneers. Um, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's phenomenal. Uh, I got him at number four, and uh, you know, but I just haven't seen enough you know, playoff wins or playoff performances from him. I know that could be a lot of falling apart from coaching staffs and things like that. But uh, I got him at number four, uh, Aaron Rodgers, number three. He's just, he makes throws nobody else can throw other than like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. That's why I got them above him uh, because he's right. declining in a little bit of age. And that's the only reason I got him at number three. Number two, I got Russell Wilson. He's just phenomenal uh, in and out the pocket. Um and then number one, Patrick Mahomes, of course, led 10-plus points comeback victories in each of his playoff games against the number one defense in the Super Bowl. I mean, second year starting and already MVP, MVP Super Bowl, and even though I don't really think he deserved it, but MVP Super Bowl and, you know, on top of the world right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So no Drew Brees in there, huh? No, I'm not sticking Drew in there. <laughs> he don't got a, he don't got an arm no more. His arm declines after what? After October? Oh, similar to Brady, huh? <laughs> hey, Tom is Tom. Yeah. Uh-huh. With with a declining arm. I will not doubt Tom Brady until he retires. Well, uh, let, let let's hear Jay. Let, let's let's hear what you're saying about Tom Brady this year. Yeah, I, I think he's falling off a cliff. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I truly I truly believe last year we saw the cracks. And I think going to a new team, trying to learn a new system is just too much for an older guy. You don't teach old dogs new tricks. Tom Brady is not going to be ready. But I mean, I'm open. I'm open to correction. I think they're going to take him out to pasture and shoot him. So. <laughs> <laughs> OK. I mean, it, it's certainly hard to argue with Patrick Mahomes being number one, but the disrespect 
with Lamar Jackson at number four, I, I, that's not forgivable. I, I would. I hear you. I, I would take ahead, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers over Lamar Jackson right now. I would. I would too, um, but I wouldn't. Well, I'll I'll, we'll, I'll get into that. So for for me, I just need to see more from Lamar. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a knock on what he's done. I just need to see more. Mm. Well, I mean, all right. So I mean, it, to me, it sounds like it's rolling into me now. Uh, yeah, my top five. <laughs> so. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think you can argue too much with Mahomes being number one. But, I mean, that case has already been made, and it seems like the round tables agreed with it. So I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to make my case for Lamar being the number one quarterback in the league right now, followed by Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and then Aaron Rodgers. So – I mean, I don't even, I mean, do I really need to make a case for Lamar Jackson? I mean, he only threw for 3,100 yards, 36 touchdowns, with with a completion percentage of 66.1. He led the league in passing touchdowns. He was top 10 in complete percentage. He had the third best passer rating in the league. Broke the single-season rushing record for a quarterback. The second unanimous MVP in league history. 42 missed tackles, which was ranked fourth with anybody rushing the ball. He elevates his linemen, his team. It was his first year in the office. I mean, do, do, I, do I really need to say more? I mean, here's, here's a man who clearly invested in himself. His first year, his accuracy was a problem. He bounced mm-hmm. back with a 66 completion percentage and was, what, top 10 in completion percentage? Not not only that, you look at all these stats, that was done in 12 games. He played 12 games in the, this whole year. Come on now. Is, is is there anybody better? Don't even answer that. We know there's not. Hey, what do you mean he played 12 games? Well, I mean, he only played 15. He technically played 15 because he sat out the oh, last game of the year and then he sat out uh what about four fourth quarters throughout the year so he didn't play those Sounds about right so he only yeah. played about 12 maybe 13 games if, if you really look at it and so right. he, he pulled those numbers off in 12 games he right. didn't pull those numbers off in tennessee on the, <laughs> uh, or, or, or in pittsburgh made it, wait or oh no no not the first game, first game, they had him off a little bit. They're blitzing him a lot. His receivers weren't winning those one on ones, and uh, yeah, we we know what happened to Tennessee. He couldn't do it alone. Same thing. His receivers couldn't win on those one on one matches, and they got away from what they really did. But uh, hey, you know, it happens. I mean, how many great quarterbacks we see lose their first two playoff games? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, many on the top of my fingers, but. I mean, Peyton Manning was one of them. There you go. Aaron Rodgers. Another. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a good point. For me, uh, I just can't, I can't have Lamar Jackson in, in there uh, at that high with, with one season under his belt, essentially. I mean, one I, season. I think that's just asinine, though. One crazy season. Crazy, incredible season. But then again, crazy I also – well, well, we'll get into that when it gets to me. But let me know why you have Dak Prescott in there. Yeah, that's oh, Dak crazy. Prescott. 
Oh, I mean, I mean, is it though? Dak Prescott's still pretty good up there with his numbers. I think he still do, does well to lead his team. A lot of Cowboy fans will point to coaching, which I mean, the rest of the league has been pointing to for a number of years while they all defended uh, Jason Garrett. But I, I think Dak Prescott is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I think he's certainly at this point better than Aaron Rodgers, who's been visibly regressing throughout his career for the last how many years would you say jay about three four years yeah at least two and a half three but let me let me give you the quarterbacks that were ahead of dust back prescott as far as pff passing numbers and under pressure numbers ryan Tannehill, drew Brees, russell wilson lamar jackson kirk cousins tyson hill patrick mahomes matthew stafford aaron Rodgers, deshaun watson brett hudley tom brady Dak prescott let's pause that because how many of those that you named had a small sample and it wasn't as large? Yeah, uh, Brett Hudley and, and Tyson Hill. So that's two. Brett Hudley, um, uh, Ryan Tannehill. What did he start? Seven games? Uh, well, he, he he played in 11 games. He played in 11, but how many did he start? I don't know, but he he, he has his, his, uh, his passing attempts up there with uh, Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees also missed, what, five games? Yeah. Six. Six games. So, I mean, I feel like you're proving my point right now. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, 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 see Dak say, I can name five better. I can make a top five quarterbacks ahead of Dak. No, Dak, Dak pits up the numbers, and I think this year he took a tremendous leap forward. He still does not take care of the football like I'd like to see. I saw a stat today that he had uh, six dropped interceptions. Um so again, that that's I, I can't I cannot stand interceptions from the quarterback position. So that that's one reason why I always liked Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't turn the ball over. Dak Prescott is not there yet, in my opinion, even though he's making tremendous strides. I mean, come on, look at I mean, look at his stats: forty nine hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, eleven interceptions. That's a lot, but you know he still he still had good yardage. He had sixty five completions. Should should have had seventeen, but yeah. <laughs> but they don't. But they don't win. <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, I know it, it's not solely his fault, but I mean, it does. When you're the quarterback, it, re- it rests on you. They don't win. Like, without if Patrick Mahomes goes in there and his team's not playing with the exactly. car, he goes in and he goes wins. Russell Wilson does the same thing. He goes and he goes and wins. Lamar Jackson, the same thing. He goes in, goes and wins. You, you, uh, you prove my point with Patrick Mahomes. It's a team sport. The quarterback doesn't. It, while the quarterback touches the ball every play, he's not on defense. He's not juking when the receiver gets it. He's not on the offensive line blocking for himself. Yeah, when Patrick Mahomes goes out there, right? Patrick Mahomes was out, and they still won without Patrick Mahomes. So it is a team sport first and foremost. So let's not put the onus all on. I mean, let's not put it all on Dak as if he does and plays all of those other positions. When you have a talented team like the Dallas Cowboys had, and you fail to win, to me, that speaks more to coaching than it does the players. That is true. See, I, I agree I agree in, in, a, in a sense. I also just think that when you look at the Cowboys' offense, they got weapons all mm-hmm. around them, and he's still not blowing the scene up. So he has a better supporting cast than uh, Aaron Rodgers. Than half the NFL. He has a better support. Yeah, he has a better supporting cast than – uh, um, Russell Wilson, 
He has a better supporting cast than Tom Brady had, and he's still not blowing them away with numbers. So I have to, I have to credit that. Uh, I have to take that away from him. I can't say, hey, you know what? You're putting up the same type of numbers as Aaron Rodgers with a better supporting cast. Hey, brother, you were on that bandwagon early in the season. The Cowboys are legit. The Cowboys are going to be super good. <laughs> the Cowboys this. I said, hey, slow, That's slow true. your roll. That's true. It's still early in the season. Most fans know that the first four games of the season is still preseason. I was like, hey, pump the brakes. No, I'm crying right. Dak right now. No, 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 no. I never said that. I said I, the Cowboys are good because they have talent. They're, they're just such a talented team. It's hard to see them going eight and eight. So, um, One thing I will say, I, I – I, I hear what you're all saying. I think this year, um, I think Max Kellerman said it. It's it's a make or break year for uh, Dak Prescott because if they can't win with all of the weapons they've given him, then obviously you know what that means. I still think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and Definitely. I would take him over. Um, I'd say more than half of the league. I liked, always liked him coming out of Mississippi State, but, I, I mean, he definitely jumped last year, and you would hope he would improve it, especially getting C.D. Lamb. Come on now. Got Mike McCarthy yeah, as the yeah. head coach now, which everybody hopes is going right. to be more beneficial for him. But, you know, I like how you all zeroed in on my uh, number four guy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and left it at number four. Right, just remember that. All right. Yeah, let me get in. Let me get into mine then. So I'm going to go with Russell Wilson at number one. I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes number two, Lamar Jackson number three, Aaron Rodgers number four. Uh, number five was actually pretty difficult for me. I think um, you know you you got arguments for Dak. You can also make an argument for Deshaun Watson. Mm. You can also make an argument for Drew Brees. Um, that's a toss up for me. Uh, so I'll take I'll take any of those guys, but I'm going to go I'm going to go Deshaun Watson. Oh man, there. you know what? Before we continue, I com- I don't know how I forgot about Deshaun Watson. Hey, let's take Dak out of that four. <laughs> let's put Deshaun Watson for me in that four. I can't right. believe I forgot about him. Hey Jamin, I I got a good stat for you. Yeah. Uh, for Deshaun Watson, I was reading on PFF that he is one of the top uh 5 for checkdowns. <laughs> a lot of people say he likes to sling it um but he is top five on checkdowns and top five or actually top three i think um on checkdowns on third down that don't result in a first down thank you for that thank you messing up my uh messing up my picks hey i, I still take Deshaun watson i'll still take it yeah <laughs> All right, so let's let's go through these a little bit. I think uh, Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL. I truly do believe that, even though Patrick Mahomes is is himself amazing. I think Seattle's offensive line has been abysmal since Russell Wilson's been drafted. Look, the man is alive on planet Earth today because of his tremendous elusiveness in the backfield. Uh, Seattle was number 30 in the league in pass blocking, but they were PFF's number one rated team in passing the football. You guys aren't hearing me. They were the number 30th rated team in pass protection, but they were the number one passing football team in passing efficiency. This speaks to Russell Wilson's greatness. Again, Baltimore, number one in pass blocking. Kansas City, number seven in pass blocking. So they're getting help where Russell Wilson is not getting help with that abysmal offensive line. And let's not act like they were much better running the ball. They were number 20th in the league in run blocking. 
Further, Wilson's entire career, he's never had a tremendous supporting offensive cast. He gets weapons like Tyler Lockett and Golden Tate. Suddenly, so definitely nothing to write home about. You know, he doesn't have himself a Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have a Devontae Adams or an Aaron Jones. He doesn't have an Alvin Kamara or a Michael Thomas. He doesn't have the number one rated offensive line in football. What they have is Russell Wilson, and that's always, always enough for a chance at a W. The Seattle Seahawks had one offensive pro bowler in the NFL last year. It was Russell Wilson. And let's not act like Russell Wilson came to a winning team like Patrick Mahomes. Seattle was 7-9 and nine in 2010 and 7-9 and nine in 2011. Suddenly, they went 11-5 and five in 2012. What do you think changed? Hmm. They drafted Russell Wilson. The Chiefs were 11-5 in 2015, 12-4 in 2016, 10-6 in 2017, all playoff years before Mahomes took the reins in 2018. The Chiefs are an amazing football team with or without Patrick Mahomes. In spite of all these team shortcomings, you'd expect Russell Wilson to have meandering stats. Oh, to the contrary, though. Wilson tuned the league up for 4,100 yards, 31 TDs to just five interceptions and a passer rating of 106.3. The fact of the matter is Russell Wilson is a threat at every level of the defense. He is an elite passer and he is a good runner. Wilson was PFF's number one rated quarterback in the NFL. And with truly no legitimate supporting cast, Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL. He does the most with the least. So what I heard is he doesn't elevate his offensive line. Is that what you told me? He certainly doesn't. But oh, oh, here's also another point that you can make is Russell Wilson. A lot of people are going to say, you know, when they talk about Tom Brady, oh, he's a he's a, a scheme specific player. Hey, Patrick Mahomes, he might be a scheme specific player. You saw when he went out, Matt Moore came in and was doing OK. Uh, Lamar Jackson is most certainly a scheme specific player. Uh, Russell Wilson is not. How do we know that? We know for sure Russell Wilson is not a scheme specific player because he leads the league in passer rating. He does his best work on broken plays. When that offensive line gets blown up, that's when Russell Wilson truly becomes elite. He is not. That, that's, that can't be attributed to Pete Carroll. When, the, when, when chaos reigns on that field, Russell Wilson's at his best. That doesn't prove that he's not a scheme-specific player when he's been with the same team under the same head coach this whole time, though. How, how does that not prove it? When the play breaks down, meaning it's not scheme. When the play broken. is broken, meaning that's not something that the coach has right, schemed you up. You still got to look at all his back. stats and take into consideration about those things. Like you don't just measure a player off of those broken plays. I hear what you're saying. He is great. He does his magic during that time. But the fact of the matter is. Well, that's when he has his highest passer rating, his most TDs, his most runs for the most yards, his best passer uh, yards. I mean, that, that's where he makes his bread yeah. and butter. So you, you, you can't really say that scheme specific. That's truly Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's I magic. I hear you, there. but that's not where all his stats come from either. If those were all his stats right there, then I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's under chaos. But he still goes through the same playbook, still under the same head coach, with the same team. So unless he went to another team under another head coach and all those things and he still did what he did, then I think we could say more of he's not a scheme specific player. You know, the same thing we look at Patrick Mahomes. He's going into his third year now. Same head coach, same team. So I, I hear exactly what you're saying, but I don't know if I could buy that. Um, 
No, I, I think you would have to say the most we can say is it indicates that he is not a scheme-specific player. Obviously, you're not going to have definitive proof mm-hmm. of that. But out of every quarterback in the NFL, the best argument you would have is what happens when the scheme breaks down. And so if you want to find out, hey, who's not a scheme-specific player, who's amazing when the scheme is out of the window? When you take the scheme away, who's still amazing? And I think you're going to say that's Russell I think Wilson. you mean play, not not necessarily the scheme, because, you know, when you're talking about when plays break down. Talking about, well, when the when the play breaks down, the scheme breaks I down, mean, right? The, it, like, not necessarily, because you can have a power-running scheme your offense is power running that's the scheme power running Mm -hmm. vertical passing that's the scheme so west coast right west coast so you don't say the west coast play broke down or the west coast play broke down or something like it's the play that i think that you're getting more to when the play breaks down that's when russell wilson really shines i wouldn't say that it's the scheme the uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of disagree there. I think the plays are built into the scheme. So the scheme is nothing but the plays in the playbook. Like the scheme is not some overarching philosophy outside of the plays. The scheme <laughs> is comprised of the plays within the playbook. And so if the plays break down, your scheme is not there. So you might still have the same philosophy, but that play that was part of that scheme is no longer there. And so if you're a power running team and you're going to run that ball up the middle, but Zadarius Smith shoots through and gets in that backfield, all of a sudden everybody's scrambling. The receivers are trying to run back and, and, and do curl routes instead of their vertical passing game. That's when Russell Wilson's going to shine. And I'm saying most no other quarterback in the league had above a 80% passer rating when the play broke down, except for Russell Wilson. He was at 90. I, so. I hear what you're saying. I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Um, you know, bring Brandon. Uh, in, no, yeah, I, I think, um, I think it could go both ways. I think it could just when AJ saying the scheme, like hey, Russell Wilson's been in the same offense, so even when the play breaks down, he still knows where some receivers are going to be. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like the the play broke down, but yet the scheme is saying they're intendedly going to be here. So when Russell Wilson runs around, the scheme is still going to be like, oh, this receiver is supposed to be in this area. So to speak. But I mean, that that's still not taking away any credit. So that's what I'm saying. It's like kind of like 50 50. Um, but, you know, we're not going to just sit here and act like Russell Wilson has nothing to work with. When you had Marshawn Lynch, when you had um, pro bowlers on the offensive line, when you had a, a NFL changing defense on the other side. Uh, Doug, we don't act like Doug Baldwin, some slouch. He's one of the better route runners out of there. Um, he's had some some weapons Doug Baldwin's always been a B class his route receiver. running is a class yeah maybe but I'm just saying there, there's a reason why he has never ever 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 led his position in Pro Bowl voting or never even been second that, I mean that that doesn't really like you said sometimes numbers lie Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin had some sort of chemistry that and Doug Baldwin's route running it was torching some rece- some corners yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, they 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 beat us in the playoffs before, so with with Doug Baldwin, he's made that. miraculous couch, catches. I mean, I feel like Doug Baldwin. It's it's that guy that you know. I, I he doesn't get a lot of credit because of his numbers, but uh, when crunch time was there, he came up big for Seattle a lot of times. I can remember even just last year uh, when he went head to head with Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson and and Patrick Mahomes. Doug Baldwin made some insane catches. That won them the game because if you don't make those catches, you yeah. said last year, 
or two years ago. Tired sorry, Tigers. two years ago. Um, okay. He made some insane catches that if he don't make those catches, they don't win that game. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a good receiver. I'm just saying when you look at everybody else's supporting cast and you look at Russell Wilson's supporting cast. If you guys remember, yes, last podcast when I told you about Jordan Love losing nine offensive starters and not being able to replicate his success from last year, the one person I excluded was was Russell Wilson. And I think the reason is because no matter who's out there for Russell Wilson, the guy has missed the playoffs one time in his entire career. Like, it it doesn't matter how bad the offensive line is. It doesn't matter how subpar his receivers are. It doesn't matter who they got in the running back. You saw last year how, you know, they just had running back after running back go down. It truly doesn't matter if they got A.J. in the backfield and Brandon lining <laughs> up at receiver. Russell Wilson is getting them to the playoffs. Like, that. that's just what it is. In a tough NFC West division. It's gotten tough. Yeah, he, he is, he is just a tough? gamer, and I, I've never – I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. If you, if you take away Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, he's a different quarterback. You take away Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill from Mahomes, I guarantee you he's a different quarterback. You take away that offensive line and the scheme from Lamar Jackson, I guarantee you he'd be a different quarterback. So, I mean, I just it, – it's it's that's why I would say – Mahomes lost a lot of people. Best, right? Mahomes lost his starting left tackle. Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill. Mahomes lost Sammy Watkins. Mahomes lost a lot of weapons. Um Mahomes lost himself <laughs> for four games and they still do well. Okay. I mean, it, it, you definitely make it hard to argue. Brandon makes valid points, though, about the running backs that he had, the offensive line that he had, the defense that he had. The defense, for I, sure. I definitely yeah. think Russell Wilson elevated uh, Doug Baldwin. I don't think he would have been as good as he was with Seattle anywhere else, just, just to be honest. Um, but there's a lot of people that make that argument that having such a bad offensive line makes Russell Wilson better. Yeah. That that's interesting. I've seen that. Yeah, too. because you, yeah. you you mentioned all that magic that he does in broken plays. And so they say, you know, with a better offensive line, he wouldn't be doing all that. Uh and right. you know, then there's the argument there. Like if you give Russell Wilson more weapons, do you think he's really going to do better or do you think he thrives off of having Chaos. Yeah, exactly, having those you know, subpar receivers that average to below average offensive line. I think you definitely need to retool him with a running game, though. That's what he's been lacking for some time. And, and to your point there, you're actually you're actually right, because in a clean pocket, you know, he's just an average quarterback. He was ranked 16 in the league with a clean pocket. Ooh. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson was much higher than that. Uh, but uh, I don't I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can certainly rock with your list. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not mad at Lamar Jackson three. I am mad at Lamar Jackson four. I'm not, uh, especially when you <laughs> look at Mahomes or Wilson over him. Like, yeah, hey, I, I can get behind that absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I, I got to put Lamar over Aaron Rodgers just because the season he had last year and the season Rodgers had. I know. You know, we'll, we'll see. Th- this year will be telling, in my opinion. We already know what what Russell Wilson is. Um, we know what Drew Brees is. We know what Aaron Rodgers is. But Lamar Jackson, um, you know Deshaun Watson, these guys, we we I want to see how they how they respond this year. We know what Patrick Mahomes is as well, in my opinion. So I, I would I think we know what Deshaun Watson is personally. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I kind of think we do. Um, I I really do. Unfortunately, you know Bill O'Brien's not really helping his guy out over there. Right, and that offensive line too. But. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Okay, well, 
Uh, I think that wraps up our top five quarterback segment. You, you notice I said quarterback because there's still some fools out there that seem to think that Lamar Jackson isn't a quarterback. They want to call Mitchell Trubisky a quarterback? Child, please. Anyways, <laughs> let, let us move on and continue uh, with our next segment. We're looking at the AFC North, the winners, the standing, and uh, wh- why not? why not me go first for the AFC North? I mean, you already know who's going to – I mean, do I need to make a case for the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> to repeat three times running as the AFC North champion? I mean, I don't believe so. I kind of feel like, hey, I'm just going to sit here and let you guys try and pick at it while I smack everything down. But eh, here, here we go. Fair. So it's going to – I got the Ravens is number one. I got the Steelers is two. I'm going to take the Browns three, and the Bengals are going to repeat at number four. Baltimore – What's the, what's, the, what's the Bengals' record going to be? Uh, the, do you know what Vegas has it at? Oh, I, I'd rather give that over under. Yeah, they got they got them at six wins. That that's the over under line six. Yeah, or it was five point five. It was either five point I mean, five or six. six. I'm gonna take under. I don't think uh, Zach Taylor's a, a competent head coach. And Joe Burrow is definitely going to be hindered by all of the missing offseason that he's going to have. So to go in and think they're going to get six or more wins, I think it's pretty ridiculous. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But absolutely, Ravens number one. They're returning everybody. They did what they they should have done, and they retooled their defensive needs. They brought in uh, interior pass rush, which they've been sorely lacking since Haloti Nada and Trevor Price. They still bring back one of the better secondaries in the league that can run with anybody. They draft Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, holes that they had in the inside linebacker that they did not fill after C.J. Mosley left and went to the Jets. And, excuse me. And uh, they, they draft those. I'm sure you all know who they are. Uh, They bring back, this is their second year now in their offense. So everything's going to be open more up. Everything's going to open up more. You still returning Mark Ingram. You drafted J.K. Dobbins. Marquise Hollywood Brown is coming back healthy. He was hindered by his foot all year. Miles Boykins has a second year under his belt, still returning with Mark Ingram. I mean, yeah, I mean, do I need to say any more? I feel like I don't. Well, what do you guys think? Let's hear it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, well, if someone would ask me, hey, who's gonna win the AFC North? The answer would have seemed pretty obvious. It's the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they went 14 and two last year. They won the division for the second straight year. They have the reigning MVP, the top-rated offense in the NFL, and a defense with pretty good free agent acquisitions and a very, very good draft. Uh, however, I, I delve deeper. I realize that no team has won the AFC North three years in a row since the Steelers in the 90s. I found that when a team wins 14 or more games over the last 30 years, they have an average regression of 4.5 games. The Ravens had the healthiest team overall in 2018 and the healthiest offensive team in 2019, according to Football Outsiders. Strangely, in the seasons they've been the healthiest, they've won the division. Moreover, over the last 19 teams that have been blown out by double digits in the playoffs, which the Ravens were last season, only four have returned to the playoffs the following season. 
the average record of those 19 teams who were blown out in the playoffs since 2014 was eight and eight. This isn't to say that the Ravens aren't great, but it is highly, highly, highly unlikely that these health trends will continue into 2020. There will be more injuries. They're not winning 14 games and teams have much, much more time to prepare for Lamar Jackson's Blix Creek style. Not to mention they're starting two rookies in the heart of their defense. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. But any slippage would open the door to their most fierce rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you looked at the Steelers last year, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. They were beset by injuries. They were quarterbacked by slick-tongued Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Juju Smith missed 4.5 games and was plagued by injuries while in. Offensively, this team was a mess. They went 8-8 eight and eight based solely off their beastly defense. According to ESPN, they were third. They were the third best defense in yards per game and the fifth best in total defense. According to PFF, all things considered, the Steelers were the absolute best defense in the entire NFL. They were fifth in coverage, second against the run, first in rushing the passer. They had Devin Bush in his rookie season, now entering year two. Devin Bush was more highly rated and touted than anyone the, rookie, the Ravens have. You have T.J. Watt to get after that QB. He was the highest graded edge rusher. You got Joe Hayden, who posted his fourth best coverage grade of his career. You got the 10th rated PFF corner in Steven Nelson. You got budding star in Terrell Edmond and stud Minka Fitzpatrick. You got the in Minka Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, is the best safety in that division. And he's certainly the best safety in the Steelers secondary. You got the second highest rated interior defensive lineman in Cam Hayward. Second only to Aaron Donald, of course. This defense is ready to go. They are truly tailor-made to counteract what Baltimore likes to do with Lamar Jackson. You saw that in their first meeting. The best quarterback in that game was Mason Rudolph. The Steelers murdered the Ravens' offensive line and bottled up Lamar Jackson on the ground and through the air. They hit the Ravens for 11 tackles for a loss. And had Juju Smith not fumbled in overtime, they're walking away with that W. When you add Big Ben and a healthy Juju, a healthy Connor, the emergence of James Washington as a legitimate bona fide number two receiver, the signing of Eric Ebron, a top nine offensive line. They also drafted Chase Claypool, who should they, they probably should convert to, to tight end. But this offense can easily be top 10 in the league. And you couple that with a top three defense in the league. <laughs> I don't know. That looks that's that's uh, that's pretty scary to me. Now, again, I'm under no illusion that Big Ben at 38 is who he was at 28. But in 2018, he still had 5,100 yards, 34 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, and a passer rating of 96.5. If they can get anything close to that production, as opposed to the lack of production from Rudolph and Hodges, coupled with that beastly defense, they're winning that division at 12 and 4, 11 and 5. Let's uh, let's break this down real quick. These uh, these these terrible numbers about the uh, Steelers defense. <laughs> Let's take a look at who they played with these, you know, quote, outstanding numbers. They lost to all teams last year with winning records. They lost to New England. They lost to Seattle. They lost to Frisco. They lost to the Ravens twice playing their backups. They lost to the Bills and the Jets without a winning record. So those are so when when it came time to play winning teams and you want to look at, oh, they're, they're defense are beasts but they lost to the ravens backups okay and we want to look at okay. who they won oh yeah they lost all these players mike tomlin should be coach of the year let's look at who they beat up on 
They beat up on the Cincinnati Bengals twice. They they beat the Chargers. They barely escaped a win on Monday night against the Dolphins. They beat the Colts. They beat the, the terrible Rams. They beat the Browns and the Cardinals. Come on. Come on. Well, hold on. I didn't say I didn't say I didn't say anything about Tomlin. But what I'll say is we're talking about their defense. So W's and L's don't matter. We're talking about their defense. And in that in that defense, they absolutely bottled up oh, those yeah. Ravens. And if you look in their if you look in their second meeting when you guys were playing your backups, you guys had 16 points gifted to you by their offense in Duck Hodges. So you scored 28 points. You had 16 of them that were gifted to you by the Steelers' abysmal offense. That defense did their job. You guys had 12 offensive yards when they punted the ball and you guys had to march the length of the field. This defense is ready. They're tailor-made. They are tailor-made, literally, with Terrell Edmonds to, to impede what you guys like to do with Lamar Jackson. He struggled. He's going to struggle. And with, ben, with Big Ben back there and a healthy juju, they're going to put up points. They're going to push that pace, and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting match. I'm not saying you guys have no chance, but let's not let's not count them out. I think the safe bet, if you were to make a bet with Vegas, would be on the Steelers because you're going to get the best odds, and I think they're going to do a tremendous. We still don't know that Juju is a true number one. I mean, he's not a true number one. We see what happened. I I don't think he's a true number one. Happened to him when Antonio Brown left, and and going back, you know, you you love to keep mentioning how we bottled up Lamar Jackson. What was that? Was the third game of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. or fourth. It it was it was still what we call early in the preseason before the offense really took off because it it was dynamic against Miami, and then it hold hold on a second, wait a minute, and then it fell flat in Kansas City, and then they struggled against. Pittsburgh, I might be jumping a few, but that was still what a lot of us consider the preseason of the NFL. So, wait, hold on though. Wait, so they they played. Didn't you take a lump against Cleveland? Yeah, they did. (laughs) Yeah, they got smoked before after. That was before, I think. Uh, I think it was before because you guys had already two losses by that point. Yep. So it was Miami, Arizona, Kansas City, Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh after. They went on a two-loss streak, and then they struggled against Pittsburgh. Like I mentioned before, right? Their receivers weren't getting off their weren't getting off their jams. They were blitzing, but you know, let, let's let's pump the brakes. Let's let's dev, let's pump those brakes. And I just can't wait until they get smoked, and then you're like, oh well, uh, you know, this <laughs> in the third. Hey, no, no, I'm just looking at Lamar Jackson's numbers. He was absolutely dynamic against Miami killed Arizona, lost to Kansas City, but he was still good in that game. Lost to lost to Cleveland, but he still he did okay. He wasn't good, he did okay. He really dropped a dud against the Steelers. So I mean, we we can talk about the offense getting in grooves, but they were grooving. Lamar Jackson was grooving 1 through 3, had a little drop off in 4 and then the Steelers absolutely dismantled that man. I mean, was he so, really grooving against just, Kansas City? Garbage. Garbage. I mean, he put up 267 passing and they, yards. And they were playing behind almost that entire game by almost double digits, was it? And then Hold also, on, too, and then still our secondary. I've seen I a mean, lot of Steven Nelson. His sets were padded this year. Uh, he's had a lot of help. Steven Nelson. You know what's funny is I, I thought the same thing. I thought the yeah, same thing. Yeah, if you get him on island, I'm so sorry. But then, and too, Joe Hayden, he's a year older. Um, Yeah, that scheme is – is terrific for Steelers, no matter what their defense is going to be good. But 
if you get those guys single, I'm sorry, Steven Nelson is not going to catch up to anybody. He is one of the slowest corners I've ever seen play in my life. Um, yeah, but the Ra- here's the deal, though. The Ravens don't have great not. receivers. So that's why it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I think their secondary is comparable to the Ravens because of their safety play. And then you add in Joe Hayden. But yeah, their corners definitely their isn't better than the Ravens. And their, but again, and, and their rush, that makes their secondary exactly. better. But if you hold up against that, you know, watch out. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Will the Ravens hold up against that? Remains to be hey, seen. Orlando Brown is going to pancake TJ Watt again. <laughs> <laughs> but hey but but so oh man i know i was about to say you think he's overrated but here here here's my here's my division real quick just and then we'll we'll go to brandon i think you know you, you got the steelers you got the ravens you got the Bengals, and you got i mean you got the browns and then you got the Bengals. i agree actually 100 percent with aj's uh aj's rundown now hold on if i was a betting man i would probably bet ravens to win the division just being honest but I certainly see a really good argument for the Steelers. I, I truly do. And as I as I researched this, I was like, man, they really could win because Big Ben and a healthy offense is certainly at least worth two yeah, or three that's games. True. But let me let me dive into my little t- uh, division winners over here real quick. Uh, I got I do got Baltimore winning. Um, I got Baltimore winning the North. I got the Steelers in second. Probably by a close close game at the end of the season where they just don't pull it through. Um, I think it's going to be very close. I don't think it's going to be like Baltimore running away with it again. I think Steelers probably will be in the mix for a long time. Uh, then I got the Browns and then the Bengals. Um, but I am going to make a case for the Browns. I'm going to make a case for the Browns because of one reason only, and his name is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has been the best rusher in the NFL since being drafted in the second round by the Browns in 2018. He's only behind... Uh, he is the only running back with a PFF rushing grade north of 90 over that two-year stretch. Uh, he only joins Derrick Henry as just two running backs to average over four yards after contact per attempt on 100 or more carries. Nick Chubb is very elusive, and he breaks tackles. No matter which way you do it, he's going to be getting you yards, and he's going to be getting you touchdowns. And then not so only, they spell him with Kareem Hunt, who we already know had some problems, but... We can't deny the fact that Kareem Hunt is still a dynamic player. A lot of the problem with, with the Browns was that Baker didn't have any time. Uh, he They tried to do long routes that took, you know, three to five step drops, and they didn't have any time because their offensive line. But they shored that up with con- signing Conklin from the Tennessee Titans, and then they drafted in the first round with the last name of uh, Wills. Uh So I think Baker is probably going to have a little bit more time, I'm, at least I'm hoping, and then they hired their coach, Stefanski. Stefanski runs the same offense as Gary Kubiak used to do because he was in Minnesota with him. Uh, they brought him in to, uh, over, you know, to um, coach with him, sort of sweet. Uh, with that, Kirk Cousins' stats increased. And let's take a look at a couple other quarterbacks that, Kirk, uh, that Kubiak has went through. Matt Schaub's touch, touchdown pass and passer rating went up. Joe Flacco's touchdown and yards went up. Peyton Manning with the Super Bowl. I think I'm optimistic that he can get Baker going. He can get him with some good play action because of Nick Chubb, how they like to do with Dalvin Cook and like that with Minnesota last year. I think with OBJ, uh, Landry, and all that, I think that he can be getting down, getting some good chunk yards off play action. Uh, now, at least to speak, now we'll go to their defense. 
They drafted Grant Delpiv from the rookie out of LSU, the safety. Uh, he was probably one of the top safeties to go off. We know that the safeties fell late this year. That's why they got him so as such a good pick. But I think he'll start day one. Uh, then they got greedy Johnson. Uh, they got greedy. Then they got Kevin Johnson, that came from uh, Buffalo. He's a good slot corner. Denzel Ward, and then Carl Joseph, who likes to stop the run, who can play up in the box as a safety. Um, their front seven is good with Larry Ogunjobi, Miles Garrett, Oliver Vernon. They can definitely get to the uh, to the quarterback. Um, and then the linebackers is probably their weakest spot. But Mac Wilson, a fifth round draft pick out of Alabama. With 82 tackles, seven pass deflections, and an interception for a fifth-round pick, it's only going to get better. And then Sion Takitaki, who just plays out of his mind, uh, he just runs around and runs from line and just uh, plays like he's got his head on fire. So I think pass rush equals the turnovers. An opportunistic defense maybe wins a couple more games. I think the Browns do have a case to win this division. So what about Baker Mayfield? Uh, ba- <laughs> Baker, Baker, I, I, I think he's going to have more time. That. And then especially with the – I was talking about how uh, Kubiak and Stefanski, they run the same offense. Like he took Matt Schaub, his touchdown, pass rate, touchdown and pass rating went up. Joe Flacco's touchdown and yards went up. Baker Mayfield was – did he make the Pro Bowl his first year as a reserve? I'm not sure. Um but his first year, he everybody oh, yeah. had uh, like he was, um, yeah, he was lighting he was yeah, lighting he was. it up a he little was. bit. Um, he's got that talent. So with a nice running back with Nick Chubb with that play action, I think he's going to be more accurate and more precise with the with the football rather than trying to make something happen in broken plays with their awful of a head coach and uh, Freddie Kitchens. And he's just going to be more dynamic with the football, and OBJ is going to, and Jarvis Landry could probably get open and give him a couple more more chances to throw the ball. Okay. What do you think about that, AJ? Uh, I, personally, I'm just trying to sit back more because I have a clear bias with with <laughs> all of this. Um, I mean, Matt, is Matt Schaub good? Or can we can we call Baker Mayfield better than Matt Schaub? Can we call Baker Mayfield yes. better than Joe Flacco? Probably not. Not not now. Yeah. But as, as of today, no. yes. Not yet. Um. So, with everything with with the him setting career highs in that with them setting career highs in that offense, just solely because it's one one play action, one play. Here's your target. Go. Um. He doesn't have to think too much. Is he? They're not going to be running routes. Twenty third. You know five hit you know ins outs and goes like how last year they did so he's gonna have better time and they're not gonna have to wait as long as route development as for this year because of the nice play actions everybody benefits from this offense the offensive line the running backs the wide receivers and the quarterbacks that remains to be seen but we did see last year a wide receiver get pretty disgruntled in that offense and you have a lot of yeah. high caliber players in this offense and it doesn't seem like the ball is going to be able to go around enough for all of these players. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get some disgruntled players on this team. Yeah. I mean, what, what did you think about their draft guys? The Bengals, the Bengals. 
Yeah, or uh, not the Bengals, the uh, Browns. Yeah, because they drafted uh, yeah the offensive tackle first round, and then they drafted the safety. Yeah, and then they drafted safety out of uh, LSU, Grand Delpit, who's 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 really good. He's not he's not slouch. So I mean, they sure up the safety spot. Um, They got Greedy Williams. They got they got Kevin Johnson. They got um, Denzel Ward. And then, like, two, their front seven, Ogunjobi, and then Miles Garrett. I feel like. I forgot about Denzel Ward. So, their, their defense should be pretty if good. They can, if they can get to that. the quarterback, if they can, um, you know, if they play Baltimore week one. So, we'll see how that goes. But... All right, let me ask you this. Both, both of you got $1,000 free right now, right? Now, you got to bet on one team. You bet on the Ravens. Your thousand dollars will net you eight hundred if they win. Sorry, let's say seven fifty. They'll net you seven fifty if they win. You bet on the Steelers. Your thousand dollars will get you three thousand, a little over thirty seven hundred. You bet on the Browns. Your thousand will get you a little over forty five hundred. You bet on the Bengals. Your thousand will get you twenty two thousand. So, what bet would you take with your thousand again with the Ravens? You're gonna get around seven fifty, so your thousand will get you a seven hundred dollars and fifty seven fifty. Steelers will get you three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. Browns will get you four thousand and five hundred dollars, and Bengals will get Steelers, you twenty two k. Who you betting on? Ravens. Look at you gonna bet on the Steelers, <laughs> and you are gonna walk away with zero dollars. I'm gonna bet on the That's Steelers. Fine. I'm, walking, I'm walking away with seventeen fifty. No, so I, I I feel AJ. I think the 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 Ravens are the likely going to win, but I think the smart pick is the Steelers to get to get the max value for your money. I think the Steelers have a chance, and then they're gonna they're gonna pay out tremendously. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they could be that dark horse team. Right. Uh, any any wrapping up thoughts, AJ, on this? Uh, you know, I mean, I just I hate everybody in that division. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what team do you hate Absolutely. the most? <laughs> and then it's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh man, the the Baker May- or the Browns and Steelers little beefs were hilarious with Miles Garrett and um. You gotta wonder uh, if Mason. any more of that is gonna come out to play this season. Uh, if there's still lingering feelings about that, or or uh, any anything from that is going to still play out. You know, the Browns are going to come out and try to show themselves and show how they're they're much better and they weren't, you know, that they didn't think they were overhyped last year. I think they had I mean, I I can't speak to the rest of their draft, but I think they they hit pretty good with the first two picks. They got a left tackle and Jedrick Willis who's going to cover Baker Mayfield however long he's there. They got Grant Delpit who can't seem to tackle to save his life <laughs> this past that year, is but he's still a good free range, still a great free range safety. So I, I, I don't know. You know, they all talk about the year before Grand Delpit had, and he was absolutely a first round pick. Then last year he couldn't tackle to save his life. I mean, you, you can't tackle cats yeah, in college that probably aren't going to play in the league. I don't know if you're going to tackle them in 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 the league. Yeah, it's not it's not crazy. Yeah, they said in 2018 he was like otherworldly, and then in 2019 he was he was having issues with yeah, tackling. That's they just try weird to blame to me. it on an injury. It's like stop. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you just lose talent. It could just be something else. Yeah. What was that? That's true. That's true. 
All right. Well, for time's sake, let's go ahead and move on. This was this is by far my most the most fascinating topic to me, the AFC North, just because my my boy AJ oh, is a dude. Ravens fan. So I, I try to do the Steelers justice here. I had to really look in 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 a oh, yeah. dig oh, deep. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this <laughs> this man came with the speech. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean. Yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to look at, dude. It was, it was really difficult to find, to find things that would, uh, to bolster the Steelers <laughs> the and lower the Ravens. I looked at my notes and I had notes on Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley, Orlando Brown, Mark Ingram. I was like, man, I didn't even get to any of those. I should have put those in had I known this man was going to come <laughs> with his, uh, with his speech today. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't really feel. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that Mark Mark Andrews, I think, is going to be a top tight end in this league in that offense. Time. So I think that's a, a great thing they got going for him. I think he yes. Oh, you don't you think he's scheme specific? Oh my gosh, this guy. I mean, okay. he's he's Maybe. just mad because Mark Andrews was rated the number two tight end according Kelsey to PFF. Is, Kelsey is is, uh, Kelsey is part of the offense too, though. He, I don't I don't think Kelsey is as dynamic dynamic as he is in a different offense. Not to mention, Mark Andrews has a what a hundred and twelve point three passer rating uh, when in man coverage. So. He's such he's such a beast. If you guys are looking for fantasy, yeah, I would take him at a later, like later than Kelsey. You know, rather than reaching early for Kelsey, I would go Mark Andrews a little later. Yeah, definitely. Oh, he's he's my keeper this year. That's exactly the game plan for me. So we'll see. Uh, Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the next topic of rookie running backs. You're yeah. I think I'm going first on that one. So I got. um, I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor as the best rookie running back. And I think he landed in the best situation. I don't necessarily know that he'll have the longest career, but I think, I think Taylor will start immediately over Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud. Yeah. At 5'10, 226 pounds and runs a four, three. He had over 6,100 career rushing yards in college, the fourth most in college history. He won the Doak Walker award twice back to back including his last year in college, you know, that's given to the best running back in the, in college football. The man was an absolute nightmare on the football field in college in the NFL. Now he gets to run behind the second best and highest graded run blocking offensive unit in the Colts. He has Phillip rivers back there with Ty Hilton and rookie Michael Pittman jr. To take away loaded boxes. The Colts ranked fourth in clean untouched yards for their running backs. And with that four three speed and jacked up frame, I think Taylor's gonna have he's gonna have home run potential. The only concern I have with Taylor is his untested ability to pass block. I think Phillip Rivers is gonna want a proven commodity back there. And you know, is he gonna trust a rookie? That's that remains to be seen. Uh, but I think Taylor landed in the perfect situation both now and long term. I think he should have the best season of any rookie RB. As far as who's gonna have the best career. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, with Brandon's boy on that. So, and, um, you know, Brandon, Brandon, you can get into that later. But if I were if I were to rank them, I would go Jonathan Taylor. I would go. Uh, I would go uh, running back to Kansas City. Edward I don't even know how to Hilaire. say his name to be honest. Uh, Hilaire, is it? Yeah, Hilaire. Um, uh, my favorite running back, you know, went to the Ravens and Dobbins. Um. <laughs> AJ Dillon for the Packers. I think he's going to have a good career. Call me biased, but I think he'll have a pretty good career. And then Swift in Detroit. Yeah, it's a good list. Ooh, but man, Detroit, I think Swift's a little low. Yeah, the only reason why I put Swift low is because Detroit just, I don't know what they, they seem to murder. I think Garrett Blunt can muster up you some know, they, stuff. They, I think he can. They have. 
I mean, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. And the only reason why I wouldn't put Dobbins higher, I wouldn't put him higher. Again, he was my favorite uh, running back. I wanted the Packers to get him. I thought he was the best as far as pure talent. Um, but I just the the Ravens do that committee thing, and I don't I don't see him getting many touches this year. Um, and even when he does take over the lead spot, you know, with Mark Ingram probably not being renewed, I don't I don't see him uh, being a workhorse. I think they're always going to do that committee approach, and that's going to mm-hmm. limit his career trajectory. Committee, huh? What? You know how many <laughs> carries Mark Ingram had last year, right? Not more than Lamar Jackson. How many? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know I'm. But with that, my, let's get into Brandon. Guy, Go ahead, break it down. Um, he is a touchdown machine. He had 16 touchdowns and uh, a couple, it's 17 touchdowns total. He had one receiving, but uh, he would run full full-blown wide receiver wide receiver routes uh, in my opinion this is my own opinion i haven't heard anybody say this i know we compare him to brian westbrook i've heard people say that but he is a maurice jones drew combined with brian westbrook he can catch he can pass protect he's got perfect balance and vision together and then he stumbles over people with that balance uh after contact like mjd um yeah, he benefited with the pro offense, but look where he's going to. He's going to Kansas City. They run the same offense. They run the same zone uh, single back scheme. He's going to come in, and I know Andy Reid is going to be a little bit more difficult to do, but he's going to have so much fun with him. He's going to be putting him in the slot. He's going to be putting him uh, with two backs. He's going to be putting him uh, maybe even out wide with how good this guy's running backs uh that's why I think what separates him is that he's going to be getting just as much. I wouldn't even put it past him that he gets closer to a thousand yards receiving than he does rushing this year. Um, but other than that, like he, like he's just in playing in the sec with the most uh, talented people out there, he's going to come right in and he's going to fit right in and he's going to just do his thing and be a touchdown machine for Patrick Mahomes. I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the guy. I think he landed in a great situation. The only thing that stopped me from putting him over over Taylor is like, as far yeah. as landing in the best situation is that offensive line. So, you know, I think I think the Colts have a beast offensive line. I don't think Kansas City has as good of a – No, they're run blocking it so far. But, uh, and, two, that's another knock on Clyde Edwards-Hilarious. He's not that fast. He doesn't have that breakaway speed. Yeah. Yeah, but you you brought up a good point. I think he's going to be a killer in that passing game. He's he's very dynamic, and we already know what KC does in the passing game. Here's so. a question I have: if he's if he's so good, why was he only a one year starter? Who they have in front of him? Hmm. <laughs> if you get it, yeah. I don't know. He was at, he was at LSU. Then they're right? not important. Hey, I'm not making the case for this guy. <laughs> no, it, uh, Darius Geis, right? Darius uh, Geis. Yeah, yeah. Geis got drafted. Where's, last where's he at? Washington. Washington. Is he gonna play this year? I feel like Alara probably do more than he's done in his whole career in one year. Uh, was yeah, he there I think when, that was his uh, first Leonard year. Was there? Yeah. All right. How about that? That dude, Nick. I don't know what his name is. He played for the past three years. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I'm just, I just I just pulled up the LSU depth chart, and I see, I see from 2018 and 2017, I see Leonard Fournette. Yeah, so he's Clyde behind Edwards Clyde Edwards. He's behind Leonard Fournette. I mean, he was a monster. Everybody thought he was going to be the great, like another Adrian Peterson coming out of college. You don't, you don't bench him. So disappointing, 16. man. He's been disappointing in my opinion, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire yeah. is definitely gonna be the best rookie running back coming in here just because he comes into the best offense. He's gonna get Yeah. Let me ask you this. Say 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 Dobbins was gonna get the majority of the time. Yeah, because Would of the receiver. I Edwards feel like Clyde Edwards look at Damian Williams. Look at um look at what he does because when he's healthy. It's just with the fact that Damian Williams can't stay healthy. Uh, he's they call him playoff Damien. Like he can't, he scores so many touchdowns. If you look at this playoff run, he he had like um, I don't know off the top of my head, but he had five plus touchdowns, I think, in the in the whole uh, AFC playoffs. You you take with another person who's uh, probably better at route running, who's got more balance and more durability. You take him for a complete season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as much as he loves throwing down the field, he loves his running backs to throw to because they, they can do it all. He, they, Andy Reid loves those little swing routes. He loves getting them matched up with linebackers. Andy Reid loves his mismatches. He, he's going to get some mismatches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, Andy, Andy Reid is a uh, absolute offensive genius. So that's what makes me want to agree with you even yeah. more. I mean, with his last year, he had what fifty five or receptions for 453 yards and a touchdown that's that's a lot that's a lot for for a running back yeah he he actually reminds me and you know i don't know if i don't know brandon will be happy with this but he reminds me a lot of Aaron (laughs) jones so you know he he really he really can catch the ball out of the backfield you you saw that with Aaron jones and he's really dynamic with the ball in his hand but he's not the fastest guy on the field so um he's just very shifty you know, as I as I was watching highlights of him before the draft, he just reminds me a lot of, of of Aaron Jones. And I think, you know, you put a player like Aaron Jones in an Andy Reid system, and that's that's explosive. So, what do you think? Yeah, we'll definitely see. Oh, you know my number one. Come on, I got I had J.K. Dobbins, who was for most the number one running back going into the draft. He was uh, the first team All Big Ten last year. He was sixth in Heisman voting. And he holds the Ohio State single-season rushing record, which was uh, 2,003 yards for last season. He has 4,459 yards with 38 touchdowns throughout his career, complementing with 71 receptions, 645 yards, and five receiving touchdowns. So he is the only running back in Ohio State history other than Archie Griffin to rush for a thousand plus yards in three different seasons. I mean, he, the, some of the better comps that I've heard from him are Mark Ingram and Ray Rice. He can, he can pass pro, Mm. which is one of the biggest things that running backs need to do or else you, you can't stay on the field. He can do pass pro. He can, he can receive, he can catch out of the backfield. He runs and he hits the holes pretty tough. He he has good speed, but he doesn't have that second gear breakaway from everything that I've seen with him or heard about him. He runs through tackles. He's improved his ball skills, and he is in the best position with Lamar Jackson in such a run-heavy team. Now, he might not have the best year this year with Mark Ingram, 
but that's just a year to sit behind and learn from Mark Ingram. Now, I mean, going back, Mark Ingram last year had 202 carries, and that's with him missing, uh, what, one game? He missed the last game. So I think he is definitely in the best situation for longevity and to be the best running back when it's all said and done out of this class. Yeah, you know, again, you you already know AJ how high I was on him. I think he's he just has really outstanding oh, yeah. vision, you know, and uh, he 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 finds the lanes, he senses the uh, you know developing lanes, and uh, he makes people miss. So I'm a big fan of him. I think anybody who puts on his highlight tape and they're like, hey, you know, again, I understand highlight tapes are highlight tapes, but you put on the highlight tape and you're like, man, this guy is he's really a talent. Um, yeah, but again, I, I just think his overall ceiling's limited. Had he gone to, um, you know, someone like the Colts or something like that, you know, I would think he would have been, you know, potential Hall of Fame. Don't laugh, but uh, he's uh, going to the Ravens. You know, again, they're going to do that committee approach. So, what do you what do you think about that? The whole committee I approach mean, is, limiting his value. Is it really value? committee? I, I just mentioned Mark Ingram had two hundred and two carries playing in fifteen games last year, and I mean, you I mean, you might make the argument of playing in. 12 to 13 games because he sat out in those fourth quarters as well. So, I mean, right. that, that, that's a whole lot of touches. Uh, it's not really a committee because Mark Ingram does so well. And one of the, the most underrated things that a lot of people don't think about Mark Ingram is he's so great in the mesh point with the read option. He knows when to clamp down. He knows when to, when to let off and he can really sell that something not all running backs can do. And so I see him stepping in for, Mark Ingram passed this year. Mark Ingram is, what, 30, 31? Um, he's already getting up there in age. It's his second year. This year's his second year of his third-year deal. So he's probably going to be gone uh, next year. And this was just a move the Ravens made because they couldn't believe he was there at 55. This was this was a a, a pick for the future. And so, I, I mean, that's that's truly why I think he's in the, the, best, uh, the best system and he's in the best position. Now, I know you, you think, like you mentioned, but, I mean, he's going to be he's gonna be the man after this year. Yeah, I mean, certainly AJ makes right. a what case do you think, Brandon? for um, Dobbins, but I'm, I'm looking at, trying to look up uh, how many carries Lamar Jackson had in 2019. Because you said uh, Ingram had 202. Um, most running backs get mm-hmm. 240, 240. 50 you know i just don't see how unless ingram just slows down and dobbins just takes full steam i think i think dobbins has to have all the cards laid out for him in order for him to in order for him to be the top rookie running back he's got to have mark ingram take a back seat he's got to do what he's got to do uh you know 100 percent by not showing he's a rookie and hitting that rookie wall He's got to learn the offense quickly, especially with everything slowing down due to, due to this COVID. Um, he's just got to have everything. I could say the same things for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but uh, Re- Andy Reid's going to put Hilaire on the field. And yes, he's going to get uh, Dobbins is going to get put on the field, but he's got to have all his cards laid out for him. Yeah, I think the average the average carries or attempts are are two thirty six. So the average running back is going to have 236 carries. I think AJ's point was 202 is not too far off, which is which is I a mean, fair point. You said how much? 
What's the average you said? 236. So the, the average running back with carries last year was Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had 236 carries and he was 15th in the league. I mean, for carries. The, the most that I see, or well, it's not pulling up. I just see Derrick Henry 303, Nick Chubb 298, McCaffrey 287, Zeke 301. Those are all workhorses, though. Had 265. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. This this will be interesting to revisit. Uh, Jonathan Taylor versus Dobbins versus Hilaire. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the three. Yeah. So, the we'll the only thing I think with Hilaire is I think Hilaire is just going to be boxed into that Kevin Falk role. Uh, I don't know if you all remember Kevin Falk with the Patriots back in the day, right? Or Not really. you know Darren Sproles, where he's just gonna be that back that is there in pa- uh, passing downs. And I don't know, maybe he gets like 15 to 20. I mean, like 10, 15 carries a game. But for the most part, that's a good, that's a good uh, comparison. Down. I'll agree with that. So yeah. that's what I think. I think Jonathan Taylor's in a, in a good spot. I don't think he's going to take over from Marlon Mack, especially after the season Marlon Mack had. Yeah. That's a testament to the Colts' offensive line. I didn't realize they were that good. You know, in doing research, I was like, man, these guys are beastly. You remember I was talking about him? (laughs) He's so mean, too. I mean, that's what you want out of your lineman. All right, guys. Well, this is uh, we're we're a little overtime, a lot of overtime. So, yeah. Yep. So, we should probably uh, wrap it up. Anybody have any quick takes? Yeah, well, on the I want to see what the Madden looks like on PS5. Uh, yeah, just yeah, real I quick, PS5. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about the Xbox. Uh, what is it? The Xbox Elite. That little. It, it looks ugly. So aesthetically, it's pretty ugly. The the PS5 Xbox looks way better. It's, it's all about PlayStation. Yeah. I gotta say, guys, though, I'm getting really excited for the season. And uh, there's just something added to yep, to my here. life when football's going on. So, yeah, yeah, it's getting difficult, especially when you know you want to see the rookies out there with the rookie training camp, getting better, learning more, and it's like, oh no, nope, nobody's doing nothing right now. Wait, have we heard anything about training camps? They or are they going to be a, a go? The virtual got extended to July, I, I want to say, and then Harbaugh came out and was just talking about how humanely impossible it is or how impossible it is to adhere to the NFL standards of what they want for everybody to come back. Everybody, everybody masks, mm, not everybody good six feet, but I mean, it, it's really not possible with everybody in the weight room or in a, a classroom doing film study or anything like that. But Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. You know, I think everyone has to make those decisions, you know, for them and their family. But I, I again, I, I truly believe that this this coronavirus is something we're just going to have to live with. It's going to be with us for some time. I don't see it being eradicated. And I think the masks are always a good thing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I don't know how you could do the mask. I, I think Harbaugh's point is legit. Yeah, Under Armour came out with a, this breathable mask, context, so we'll I don't see. know. But, I mean, then it's like if it's breathable, then – <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I truly hope every day I pull up the numbers. Um, 
you know, I go on the world fact checker and they, they break down the numbers by state and city and all that jazz for coronavirus. I, every, every day I just hope <laughs> one day it just all reads zero, you know, <laughs> that, that would be really nice. Like I, I just don't see it happening though, but it would be nice if, if it somehow it just got eradicated. All right, gentlemen. Well, good final thoughts. Hey, thank you all for listening, for tuning in to our opinionated podcast. Sorry if you ran on a little bit longer, but no background noise, better audio. We're working trying <laughs> there you go. every time to get this uh, more enjoyable and for you all just to yeah, take something away from it. So again, uh, please send us any questions, comments to the email link below. Until next time, you all have a good day. Nice night. See you later.